Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32 in the Common English Bible. Feel free to follow along in your pew Bible. It's on page 1,272. Hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterwards, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? But I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. Now his his older son was in the field. Coming from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because you received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, look, I've served you all these years and I never disobeyed your instructions. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of you... This son of yours returned after gobbling up your state on prostitutes. You slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. One of the privileges we have of being at uh, a church across from a university is we get to work with seminary students. And one of our seminary students, our student intern, Caleb Encinas, is going to be preaching today. So I wanted to introduce Caleb. Come on up, Caleb, and introduce Caleb to you. He's our student intern on staff with us, working with uh, college students. He's also a seminary student and uh, also a newlywed all two months, right, and with his wife Madison, who's here as well this morning. Uh, Caleb, I think I'm getting this right, you self-describe as a Metho-Pentecostal, is that correct? Yeah. 
All right, that's what I thought. So he's, uh, we'll, we'll hear a lot of, uh, I don't think we'll hear all the Methopentecostal today, but <laughs> we'll definitely hear the Wesleyan theology in, uh, in Caleb today. And he's got some really great insights in this text. Actually, one of my favorite gospel lessons is this lesson that you chose today. So we're looking forward to hearing more from uh, Caleb and the insights that he brings to the text today. So let's pray. Can we pray for Caleb right now as we get started? God, thank you for Caleb. Thank you that we have an opportunity to listen to what you've put on his heart today. Thank you that we have an opportunity to help him in his calling and discerning his calling to where you're leading him with his life and his vocation. And Lord, what you're calling him to do with his life. And so Lord, may this be not just simply a sermon at a church, but may we all as a community surround him and help him to live into that calling, whatever that is for you, whatever you're saying to him, God. And so may you also be calling us. May we listen to your Holy Spirit today. May your Holy Spirit uh, work in each of us that we be ready to receive what we need to hear today uh, in this sermon, in this worship service, at this communion table today. Would you speak to us, Lord, uh, once again, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for that warm introduction and um yeah thank you so much for having me um as pat already uh, as pastor matt already said i'm a seminarian so hopefully i get to shine light on this text in a, in a way that is faithful to it um and may the lord use it in good ways so first of all i want to start by wishing everyone a happy halloween uh, to everyone watching at, watching at home as well as here in person. Um, I know that many of us are celebrating the day by getting candy and dressing up. And although these festivities are great, for me the best festivities actually start tomorrow. And this is because tomorrow begins the Mexican celebration of El Dia de los Muertos. El Dia de los Muertos is a tradition where Mexican people like myself and others take time to remember and honor our, our loved ones who have passed away. The Pixar movie Coco captures the key elements of this Mexican tradition. Have you guys seen Coco? It's a great movie. And the movie also provides a great narrative where the main character named Miguel goes on this adventure to the land of the dead. Throughout this adventure, Miguel is trying to be authentic to himself away from his family. Miguel's adventure eventually leads him from the land of the dead and back into, with his family in the land of the living. As I was watching this movie a couple weeks ago, I was captivated by one of the scenes where uh, Miguel comes back from the land of the dead and he's embraced by his dad. Um, and that hug is just so such a moving part of the story, and as you can see by the picture above, that captures this scene. And, you know, this embrace that we see in the movie get, that gets captured by this picture reminded me of the embrace by the father in the parable of the prodigal son. In both the movie and the parable, the young characters are both on quest to find themselves. The quest that Miguel, as well as the younger son, go on take them in unexpected directions. Both Miguel and the younger son end up lost. 
along with being lost, both Miguel and the younger son end up dead or among the dead. Now, I want to clarify what being lost and dead are. Being lost here means to be wandering without another's presence or embrace. And being dead means to be doing things and yet not finding love in those things. The quest that Miguel and the younger son do to try to find themselves leads them back to the place where they originally thought they could not do that. They are both led back to the embrace of their dads. It is in that embrace where they both find love and ultimately find who they are. Who they are is their father's beloved. Friends, similar to Miguel and the younger son, we are our Heavenly Father's beloved. We are embraced by God. And in this embrace, we find ourselves and we are humbled. What makes this experience humbling is that God meets us where we are. God meets us in our jobs, schools, homes, as well as in our places of grief, depression, and loneliness. In other words, God does not only meet us in our geographical spaces and places, but that God meets us in the geography of our souls. So whenever your, wherever your soul is, God meets and embraces you there. This parable says something about God's embracing us where we are. You see, in the parable, we get the image of a father who runs to embrace his son. And while we might not seem very, see that as very significant for us today, scholars have highlighted the contextual significance for us. N.T. Wright says, in a culture where the senior figures are far too dignified to run anywhere, this man runs to his son, and as soon as he sees his young son coming home, he embraces him. This is an act of complete hum humility. And the father's complete humility in the parable is fulfilled in Jesus, particularly in the crucifixion of Jesus. You see, like the, like the father in the parable who humbled himself and ran to hug his son, God humbled God's self and became human, Jesus. And on the cross, Jesus opened his arms up and embraced us all. So the cross is not just a symbol of victory, but rather a symbol of revelation of God's humility and the all-embracing love of God. Now, friends... One question still remains, and that is whether we're going to accept that love, or are we going to be like the younger son who makes up excuses so as to convince himself and his father that he's unworthy of such love. This all-embracing love is transformative for those who give it as well as those who receive it. The transformative nature of this all-embracing love is seen in the climax of the movie Coco, where Miguel's family is in the land, in the land of the living, give him their blessing to go back to the land. In the land of the dead, they give him their blessing to go back to the land of the living with no conditions attached. This is one of the most emotional parts of the movie because throughout Miguel's adventure, he had been trying to go back to the land of the living so that he could pursue his dream of being a musician. 
something which was completely opposite of his family's wishes. When his family gave Miguel their blessing with no conditions or strings attached, they finally were embracing all of who Miguel is. And Miguel also learned to accept and value this embrace of his family. Similarly, in the parable, the father offers his unconditional embrace. Despite all of the mistakes that his younger son had made when he was out wasting all of his inheritance, and the younger son in return learns to accept this embrace despite believing that he was no longer worthy of being called his father's son. Both of these stories show just how transformative and all-embracing unconditional love is for both those who give it as well as those who receive it. We've been in a sermon series about thriving, and I want to suggest that what I've talked about today is essential to the theme of thriving and being alive. Being in loving relationships that enable you to both give and receive all-embracing love is essential to thrive. This is a scene illustrated in the movie Coco, in the parable of the prodigal son, and is ultimately fulfilled by Jesus opening his arms on the cross and embracing all of us. As we go forth from this place into the rest of the week, let us be reminded of the all-embracing love of God. And may we also seek to love others like that by the power of the Spirit. And I also invite you to think about these reflection questions. The first one being, have you, have you felt, not just thought about feeling, God's all-embracing love? And the second question involves, says, how do you practically live out this love? Friends, let me close us off with a word of prayer. Um, now, please join me. Lord, thank you for your all-embracing love that you displayed fully for us up on the cross, but that we get illustrations from it in the scriptures and also in pop culture references. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Please continue to transform us, to shape us, um, so, that me, we, so that we are able to live out this love and embody it more fully each and every day. God, in your name I pray, amen. Thank you.